Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. At a time when money's tough, most people put their head in the sand. And that's absolutely the worst thing you can do. And we're going to talk about why and talk about some different ways that we can act differently when the times are tough. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm joined today by my remarkable co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim? What are you breathtaking? <laughs> breathtaking. <laughs> I was a bit confused with my word of the day, wasn't I? I had to hit the thesaurus. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I am also joined, of course, by the, the, the quick-witted Samantha <laughs> Riley. <laughs> Great to be here. It's almost Christmas. It is. Yes. I'm looking forward to a, a well-earned break this year, um, heading up the coast to Noosa to visit family up there and uh, for a week or so, and then Such a back into it for 2020, new decade. I know, I know. It's really exciting. I had a great call with a colleague yesterday and he was saying, you know, I'm so ready for a break, but I'm feeling like 2020 has just got this really great air of positivity about it. Everyone's excited. You know, even the number sounds great, right? 2020, it's like... You know, that whole excitement of going into 2000, I, I think it's the same. And a lot of people are feeling super positive and excited about what 2020 holds. I know. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but certainly if our readers know the answer to this, I'm going to throw well, it Well, they're, they're actually not reading readers. it, they're listening to it. Yeah, listeners. You might be reading the show notes. <laughs> our listeners <laughs> are there. If you know what the last decade is called, I would love to know. Actually, right, so we had the noughties. I don't know the answer because actually I'd like to know that too. So we had the noughties and one would presume that this is going to be the 20s, right? maybe not the roaring 20s again, but what was the last decade called? I yeah. don't know the answer to that. No, I don't. Well, I hope someone does. Please reach out and let us know. Tim and I won't be able to sleep until to, we know the answer. I need to answer. refer to it. Here's a cool, there's a cool quote I saw the other day, and I think it was on um, Inside Bill's Brain, which I know you were a oh, fan love. of that yep. Netflix miniseries. And one of the things in that he mentions, and I think we need to think about this as we go into the next decade, is most people completely overestimate what they can achieve in one year and completely underestimate what they can achieve in 10. You know, I for one, I know, you know, as I pick up my, my iPhone, every time I pick up my iPhone, I'm reminded that when the iPhone is only... Or 12 years old now. It didn't exist 12 years ago. Crazy. Okay. And ironically, that was the last time Australia had a prime minister that sat a full term as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we look at what's happening and, and we look at how far things have come in technology and in business, particularly in technology in the last 10 years, mm. about what we use day to day and what we take for granted, you know, at the end of the 20s, 
we're going to see a completely different landscape. It's going to be, you know, what the next 10 years has in store for us in the 20s is going to be absolutely amazing. The next 10 years is going to move faster than any other decade that we've ever seen before. Yeah, business will. I think, though, that there'll be some things that'll be completely different, right? Certainly, how we use technology and how we communicate to our customers um, is going to be completely different. I'm like, I'm super excited to see what is going to happen in automation Mm. and machine learning and, you know, some of the, the technologies that we will have available to us to really scale our business in a massive way are going to be amazing. But having said that, I think there are some fundamentals and one of those fundamentals we're going to talk about today yes. will be the same. Absolutely. these are universal business laws. And it will never change because when we're in business, we get paid to offer a product or service. And that's what we're going to talk about today is around collecting the money or generating the money and talking about what happens actually as a business owner when we go through the tough times or when money is tough, how we deal with things. Because I certainly learned a lot of these principles really early on. And I think I just surprised you by telling you what one of my first jobs was. I worked for a local local council for a couple of years. That was my gig in corporate. And one of my jobs in or in that position was actually debt collection. And I learned so much in that position about how to act as someone that can't pay or how we should act or some different ways to or some different things to do when at a time when money's tough, most people put their head in the sand. And that's absolutely the worst thing you can do. And we're going to talk about why and talk about some different ways that we can act differently when the times are tough. Yeah, I think everybody's probably been in a situation at some point where you're trying to chase money from a client and frustrated, pulling your hair out. That is not the reason I don't have any hair anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I know back when I used to send, you know, lots of invoices, and I had commitments and bills and all sorts of things that would come out of my account. And I was constantly going, well, I need this payment in today and chasing those customers for payment. But I never really, until much more recently, put you know the shoe on the other foot, I guess, to look at what is it that I should be doing if I'm ever in a similar circumstances and I've got a, a key supplier or partner or something chasing money from me, how should mm. I act? And that's the approach we're going to take today. It's actually looking at when you're in trouble and and cash flow is a bit tight, what should you do in order to kind of, I guess, manage that situation? To navigate that situation in a way that has you still coming out on top, I guess. Now, the first about. one of those that you actually just mentioned already, and that's don't put your head in the sand. Yeah, which <laughs> is the go-to for nearly everyone, isn't it? Why do you think? Why do you think that is? It's. I, I think this is pretty easy because you feel ashamed when you can't pay a bill. You don't want people to know. It's not a nice situation to have to say to someone, I actually can't pay this. So, you know, that first one is instead of putting your head in the sand, be honest. Actually reach out and say to someone, okay, something's gone wrong. I don't have the money in my account. Can we have a conversation about this? It is a bit humbling, mm-hmm. right? We do have to kind of eat the frog and go, oh, shit, right? and be honest about that. Probably some, you know, lesson in there about maybe over, 
committing yourself and, and being on top of your cash flow and when things have to come out. But you, you are right. It's as hard as it is, as embarrassing as it potentially is, as humbling as it is to go, okay, maybe this is an area I haven't done particularly well and well in as a business owner. Do reach out to those suppliers and talk to them and say, hey, look, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit short this month. I can't pay this bill on time. What can we do about it? And, and firstly, that's being honest with yourself. Ironically, if you ever get to a point where you need to go into voluntary or involuntary liquidation, that is the first thing right, your appointed liquidator will do. They will reach out to all of those suppliers and they will negotiate payment terms on the bills that you owe them. Right? So you can kind of preempt that process a little bit by a, being honest with yourself and then sort of not pretending it doesn't exist. Exactly. Suddenly this big windfall will hit you and, you know, save you, you know, from, from certain disaster. Whatever you do, please do not raid your superannuation fund <laughs> uh, or the amount you've put aside to pay your tax. I don't, th- I don't even think you'd be able to raid your superannuation fund. I think that they're really tight these days. They have, but you're still going to put money aside to pay your superannuation, either monthly or quarterly. Don't mm. ever take your employees' entitlements. No, do not do that. You're in real trouble if you do that. That's the mm. beginning of the end. So don't put your head in the sand. Number two is going to sound super simple, but apologise. You know, mm. a lot of times if someone can't afford to pay something, because there's a bit of embarrassment there maybe, you can come across angry. But just say, look, really sorry. Let's have a chat about this. So number two, just apologize. Take a chill pill. Everything will be okay. Yeah, I think you find that your suppliers, the people you owe money to, now they're human as well, right? They kind of understand yeah. it. Certainly if you've got people who are real assholes about it and say, I don't really care, just pay this. <laughs> I'm going to wind you up. You probably may not necessarily want to work with them again. But just being human about it and, and apologizing and saying sorry. But also I think by letting someone know in advance because they're relying on your payments as part of their cash flow planning as well. Yep. Yeah, right? like- and if you're proactive and you get in early and, and apologize about it, they can then manage their situation as well. Yes. And that's, I think, that a really important point because you also want people to do that with you. Make sure that you do talk about everything because you'll know when it's coming up. Nice, easy All one right. for number three. Yeah. <laughs> Actually pay something. Yeah. But more important than paying something, stick to whatever commitment you make. Right? So if you can't pay the $5,000 invoice today, right? say, hey, what I can do is this. You know, does that, yes. can, can we make that work for you? Right? How totally. can this work for you? And if you yeah. are going to make a commitment of $100 or $20 or whatever the payment amount is, that you stick to that commitment. Yeah. Right? Once um, you've made that commitment, stick to it. And it doesn't matter whether it's a supplier or the tax office. I had a conversation with the tax office recently, actually. We discovered that a instalment payment that we were doing, we'd actually overpaid it. Uh-huh which is a good problem to have. I've and done in, that before too. <laughs> it turns out that I'd set up a direct debit and my wife had also set up a direct debit for the same amount. <laughs> so uh-huh. we both did it twice. And um, when we called them up and said, oh, hey, we've just noticed we've, we've done this. What? And I think we were paying twice into one and, and sort of half into another one or something. And when we had a chat with them, they've gone, oh, well, look, we've noticed that you've got a really good payment record. Yeah, no problems at all. all right? But if we yeah. hadn't had that good payment record, we probably wouldn't have had as much room to negotiate a change of terms. Yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about that a little bit more later on. So, yeah, once you've had that conversation, you really do want to have a conversation about what are you willing to do, what are you willing to pay. And I think that this is also, you know, like 
we're talking about this from a very logical standpoint, but also from an energetic standpoint. I think that money has energy. If you're not paying anything, it's just everything is stuck. And if you're not paying anything to your suppliers, then what you'll probably find is that there'll be no incoming money either. So you want to make sure that that money is flowing. It is like a circle of life kind of thing, you know, that cash flow. You want that money coming out and that money coming in. So definitely pay something. Great tip. Great tip. But also, again, it gets you into that practice of I have bills to pay. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. It isn't some. Yeah, exactly. It's not someone else's or someone else shouldn't have to be paying for a mistake that you've got yourself into. Yeah. But also, I think, you know, I think you picked up an interesting one there energetically, Sam, um, and, and talking about that, that, you know, you've kind of, if it's, if you're not moving anything, you're kind of just parking that problem mm-hmm. and it's constantly going to be there and yeah. in the back of your mind that you've got this thing to pay and that thing to pay and something else to pay, right? If you just start taking those little actions and getting momentum and getting movement, you're right that things will start to sort of unstick and, and move for you. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. Just make that commitment and and stick to it. Now you've got number four here as respond. Yes. And what, and this is a huge one. This is another, don't put your head in the sand piece. When someone is trying to call you or they're sending you text messages or they're emailing you, don't ignore them. Respond, you know, either pick up the phone or respond to the email or the text message. Let them know that you've got their message and have the conversation, you know, going back to that, right back to the beginning, have that conversation, be honest, apologize, you know, make a payment plan, but definitely don't ignore your supplier reaching out for you because you can't afford to pay them. That's a super bad move. And that is, you know, when I was back in debt collection, it was with the people that weren't picking up the phone, that weren't responding, that got themselves into all sorts of trouble where, you know, they would have legal action taken out against and they would end up paying fines that if they had have just picked up the phone and put a payment plan in place, they would have been completely fine. So by ignoring the communications, they were actually making it worse for themselves. It's a big takeaway for me as well, that if you just you respond to it quickly, get it out of the way, mm. you're actually going to be far better off than not responding because not responding, right? When someone's chasing you for money and you're ignoring them deliberately, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just going to piss them off even more. Uh huh. Right, and yeah. you will actually start to incur those additional costs and you know and wrath and 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 when you do finally respond to it, you're far less likely to get any leniency. Uh huh. And again, we are going to go into that a little bit more, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. Right. Number five is don't overpromise. Right? What do you mean and by that, Tim? I, I think it kind of goes two ways. Again, to start with, don't say that you can. No, don't a don't commit yourself to something that you know you can't pay mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the first part of that bigger puzzle. But, but secondly, you know, if you say that you're going, that you can pay, you know, a hundred dollars a week and you can't, again, we're talking about your integrity as a business owner, mm-hmm. right? If you can't be a person of your word and you can't stick to those commitments, as we mentioned earlier, your credibility diminishes Yes. Right? and you become untrustworthy. And what do we need to do? <laughs> We need to know someone, we need to like someone, we need to trust someone in order to do business with them. And if we start eroding that credibility and that trust and that integrity of your word, you'll be someone that people don't want to do business with. And that works both as suppliers, but also your customers as well. It leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. Yeah. And the rumor mill will go around. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Which brings us to number six, 
Yeah. Don't make up stories. And what I mean by this is don't put in the dispute if that's not actually what's going on. And I think this is, we've actually had this happen to us as a company. Someone put in a dispute and it really did not work well in their favour because they'd made up a story about the dispute, which the bank shut down straight away, not a problem. But if that person had have actually reached out and was honest, they would have, you know, we would have worked something out. So don't make up stories. If there's, if you're unable to pay, don't tell the bank that you didn't get the service or, you know, that you weren't happy. That's not fair on the supplier. Yeah. And I think it works both ways as well. You know, if you, as these, as the provider of services, don't make up stories about, you know, uh-huh. your customers yes. as well. Absolutely, definitely goes two ways. Again, it comes back to it comes back to your integrity mm-hmm. and your your honesty as a business person. Yes, absolutely. Right. I did have someone reach out to me and do all of these things that we're talking about. And it just was seamless. It was over and done within 10 minutes. We both, you know, organized ourselves and moved on with our days. It, it just, you know, it just made it so easy. No one needed to be worried about popping up or being seen. It was just, okay, cool. We've had that conversation and moving on. Yeah. But, you know, again, it, as we, we talked about it, it, it allows your supplier, the person you owe money to, to plan their cash flow. Mm-hmm. If they can't plan their cash flow, they're going to start chasing down payments that they think yes. were owed right? and the ones who have the capacity to pay. But if they yes. can't do it, it risks their business and they're not going to put their business out of, you know, out of commission because of, because of you. Exactly. Exactly. Right? No and number seven, this is something that you have mentioned a couple of times already to, um, you will earn a reputation for paying on time or as you beautifully said earlier, pay early. When you've got cash flow coming in, pay early. Take us a bit more through this. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, I mean, as mentioned, I'd probably not do invoices at all because that just means you have to decide when you're going to pay. But if you've got 28 days to pay an invoice right, and you have the cash flow or cash available right now, pay on day one. Pay when you get the invoice. Right? You'll earn, and we all do this every year. We've we've talked about you know doing the account review where you sort of go, who are my A clients, who are my B Cs and Ds, and Ds I'm going to get rid of. A clients I'm going to try and keep. Now my A clients are people I enjoy working with, but more importantly, pay, pay on promptly, time, <laughs> pay promptly. Yeah. Now if you earn a reputation with your suppliers as being an A client because you pay promptly. Right? And I don't mean wait 28 days and then pay on 28 days. I mean, like earn some credibility by paying in advance. You'll get put into that A client category and not the D client category. So you exactly. won't be on the chopping block when it comes to actually going, who are our shitty clients who you know always wait 28 days to pay? Or who are the ones who pay in advance? And you'll earn a reputation as being one of those A clients that somebody wants to keep on their books. But not only that, I think if you've got someone, if you've got a client that's paying early all the time and they reach out and say, hey, I'm actually struggling this month, you're not feeling like they're the boy who cried wolf. You're actually, okay, let's sort this out. You're going to be much more willing. What can we do to help? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be like, well, hang on a minute. You never pay your bills on time. Why is this any different? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So you will actually earn that reputation, I think. And that's probably one of the most critical ones. If you've got the opportunity to earn that credibility with your suppliers, pay early and promptly if you can, 
so that when you do need a favour in return and you are in trouble, that you they're more likely to say, no problems, we want to keep you as a client, how can we help, what can we do? Mm. Right? Yeah. And you might find that, again, that reputation puts you in a really good position mm. right, to maybe extend credit terms or early supply or, or something in uninterrupted supply if you can't otherwise pay on time. Absolutely. So I think from working in debt collection, my biggest takeaway from that time that I've always brought forward is to always be one step ahead. If you see it coming, pick up the phone, email, you know, whatever it is, be very open with your suppliers. And when they call, always accept their call and deal with it. Don't put your head in the sand because by putting your head in the sand, that's when the oxygen runs out. It definitely, definitely being proactive. You know, as much as we don't like receiving those calls as suppliers, <laughs> we actually do respect it. Yeah, of course we do. I think it's a conversation or a topic that a lot of people don't talk about and it's really important. It's something that happens to everyone in business at, at some stage or another. And uh, yeah, we wanted to bring it up. But Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Now I'm taking a break. I'm going away. I'm on you holidays. Are. You yeah, are. And you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't mind working over summer. People think I'm crazy, but a lot of blaze energy in me. And I don't know, maybe we'll do that on another, on another episode, different energies. But blaze energy means that I thrive in summer. I love the heat. So I'm very, very productive in the warm weather. So I actually don't like to go away at this time of the year because it's the time I get the most work done. Don't ask me to do much in winter, though. <laughs> That's so what, are, what are you going to work on over Christmas? What's, what's your big, big project you're working on? Oh, my with? goodness. So I've got two huge projects in the pipeline, which I can't talk about yet because they Ooh. are right in the middle. But we have new faculty coming on. I'm just going to say that. And I'm very excited about where that is heading. And lots of partner calls. The, uh, the Zoom has been smoking the past week talking with some people. There's some really big projects on the go. So I really appreciate that I have partners with Blaze Energy too. <laughs> <laughs> but have a fantastic time, Tim. We want to see all the memories, the pictures through Facebook. We want to live your highlight oh, reel. It'll be lots of food shots, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds no, but I'm going to, to do the same. I'm going to be, do, I'm going to be doing some little bit of work at Christmas as much as I'm going to take some downtime and, and, and spend that with family and stuffing my belly um, full of yummy food. I always try to take this, take this time of year to sort of look at what needs to, what needs a couple of little tweaks, you know, and away from client calls where I can kind of work on the business. And, and it's pretty exciting stuff for, for me next year as well. We've got some, some new programs launching. And the first one of those kicking up with my automation fast track program kicking off early January with a bunch of clients from around the world. So looking forward to, to kind of doing that and, and seeing where things go next year. Fantastic. And just because Tim's going on holidays doesn't mean I am. I'm going to be for, for the next couple of weeks. For anyone that still wants to listen to the podcast, we'll be releasing a summer series. Just some very short snippets still on the Monday and Thursday. So they'll still be there for anyone that wants to tune in. A huge shout out to the listeners that have listened to us babble on all year, Tim. Um, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate that you've been a part of our show and enabled us to have a lot of fun every week. We really appreciate you and we're super looking forward to being back with you in 2020. Absolutely. Sam, and uh, shout out to you as well. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your podcast. It's been lots of fun. Um, looking forward to everyone joining us in 2020 and beyond and uh, lots more exciting episodes and, uh, and plans that we're going to bring you um, next year. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a fantastic co-host with me, Tim. I've absolutely enjoyed hanging out with you every week. Good stuff. And awesome. uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Merry Christmas to all. Have you, you and your families have a safe, wonderful Christmas and New Year's, and we'll see you in the next year. Ciao for now. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samantharily.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.